0: Hey, this is Nikki McCrary, lead pastor at Eastern Heights Baptist Church in Statesboro, Georgia, where we exist to be a life-changing church. So as you listen, I pray that you will be encouraged in your walk with Christ and that your life will be forever changed as you grow in your relationship with Him. Anyway, we are glad that you're here for the ending, some of you are going, thank God, of the series we've called Overwhelmed and Controlling the Chaos, Right. That was pretty chaotic there, what we just had, but uh, VBS, we're looking forward to that, and I know you've heard about that, and, and so before we dive into finishing up today, um, I wanted to tell you that next week, Chris Bryan is going to be bringing the message. He's the director at the Baptist Collegiate Ministries over on Georgia Southern's campus, and so doing a great job over there. He's going to be coming and, and sharing God's Word with you. Then the following Sunday on June the 5th, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together in each of the services, and so we'll be having that on June the 5th. And then the following week, June the 12th, I'm excited to tell you we're starting a brand new series. It's going to go through the entire summer and it's called Misquoted, Misquoted, Twisting the Bible Out of Context. Okay? Misquoted, Twisting the Bible Out of Context. So we're going to be looking at several things that are either misquoted or misunderstood that sometimes we've just kind of taken on as being fact, such as God will not put more on you than you can Handle or bear that, yeah, okay. Once saved, it doesn't matter what you do. Just live like you want to, all right? A sin is a sin is a sin, or in other words, all sins are the same. Oh, is that right? God promises Christians will always be happy. (laughs) Okay. What about God helps those who help themselves? Yeah, we're going to look maybe at that one. Oh, here's a good one. We like to quote this one. Don't judge others. Don't judge others. Everyone is created equal, so God treats everyone the same. I mean, that's in the Constitution even, right? That's got to be true. What about God doesn't let bad things happen to good people? What about, you'll love this, obedience will always lead to financial prosperity. Just obey God and you're going to be rich. Okay, how's that working out for you? All right. And then here's one. If you're having a hard time in life, it's probably because God is punishing you for some sin in your life. And even though we may not have said that to somebody, we felt that before, right? So, is it true? Well, I don't know how many of those we're going to be able to get through throughout the summer, but we're going to try to get to as many as we can. And it's definitely going to make for some great conversation at the workplace, right? And you can invite people to come and listen and to be a part of it during the summer. Well, also, you've already heard, but we are making plans for the 4th of July. We're going to have a lot of food, a lot of fellowship. We're going to have a lot of fireworks, okay? And I'm serious about what I'm fixing to ask you. If anyone is going near the Chattanooga area... We get our fireworks at the South Pittsburgh exit right off of I-75. It's just past where you kind of cut off to go to Chattanooga. But if you're going that direction, I'm serious. I need you to pick up the fireworks for us and bring us bring them back. Last year, Erica Benitez sitting right here. I want, come here, stand with me, ben, er, uh, Erica. Nobody knows who our hero was last year, but this is Erica Benitez. She had just joined the church like maybe about two weeks And then she had to go home. You can be seated again, thank you. She went last year. She was at home on the other side of Atlanta. She picked up our fireworks in South Pittsburgh, brought them and met Dylan in Macon, okay? And then the fireworks ended up here. So thank you for doing that. And uh, yeah, give her a hand. I mean, it takes takes a village, right? And so, you know, it, it takes everybody doing a little bit. So if anybody's going near that area, that'll save maybe Erica a trip again this year I don't know but uh, somebody a trip of getting those fireworks but I'm serious about that if, if you're going that way let me know and it doesn't have to be any time in particular just in the next two three four weeks uh, with, they've got our order ready to go whenever I tell them so speaking of fireworks our series overwhelm controlling the chaos has quite uh, start up quite the stir of conversation for the last month or so and I'm glad and I think it's because we all deal with chaos In our life, right? We've said it's never, ever going to go away. But we've established that God doesn't want the chaos to control us, right? He doesn't want us to live in the place where we're constantly overwhelmed by it. Yet, we've learned that in those times that we do feel overwhelmed, that it's okay to not be okay. But God doesn't want us to stay in that place, and so He wants us to get some help. And there's help available through therapy. There's help available through counseling. But most of all, there's help available through God and His way of dealing with the chaos in our life. He understands what chaos is. He understands when it is overwhelming. But God's plan is not for you just to cope with it, all right? God's plan is not for you just to cope with the chaos. He wants you to be a conqueror of the chaos. He wants you to be that overcomer. So as we look to wrap up this series today, we're going to look at the teachings from God's Word that's going to shift us from moving from being overwhelmed to being that overcomer. But we've got to do some things to make that shift, all right? It's just like you don't have to overcome it. They'll hear me. It's raining, folks. Those of you watching on television, uh, it is raining, and so it's raining hard, but it's supposed to be through by the end of the service. So I'm just going to preach until it quits, okay? Is that the deal? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, where was it? Oh, yeah, God wants you to be an overcomer, not just cope with things. And so it'd be like going into the phone store, whatever your favorite phone store is, and you go in there and you say, I want you to show me your latest and greatest phone. And so they pull it out and they start showing it to you and telling you how beautiful it is. And you say, well, can you turn it on and show me all those great features and how they really work?" And they say, oh, no, you, you don't understand. It's not meant to work. It's just meant to be admired. It's just a beautiful thing to look at. You go, well, that's kind of pointless. Not very useful, is it, right? But, you know, I think it comes to be the same way in our own spiritual lives, in our Christian lives, is that we're thankful that the Lord has given us the tools and the resources to overcome sin and to overcome chaos in our life, the problem is we just don't use it. We just don't apply them to our life very much. It's kind of like that phone that doesn't do anything but just sit around and look good. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need. I want you to underline those three words. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life, the one we've been talking about for a month now. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. God has given us everything that we need if we know Him. You don't have to pray for something else. You don't have to work for something else. You don't have to try to... Muster up something else. God gave you everything you needed to live the successful Christian life, the life of abundancy, the moment you came to know Him. We just don't use those tools like we should. So today I'm going to give you several scripture references. They're all in your bulletin. If you didn't pick one up, you might want to get one on the way out. But these are all scriptures that are going to teach us how to shift or make some moves that's going to put you in the best position for moving from that place of being overwhelmed to being an overcomer, all right? And there's two very important elements to all of these scriptures. One is that you do your part of what he teaches us to do, and then the second important part is trusting God to do his part. So you know I like to say that a lot, right? You do his part, trust God to do his part, you will be successful. Move number one is this. Set, I'm sorry, start over new. Start over new. What do I mean by that? Some of you are so stuck in your past that you couldn't see success if it were to be right in front of your face. You just can't see it. You live in the past, and Satan is just working in your life, telling you all these lies. And by the way, remember, Satan is a liar. He's telling you there's no hope. He's telling you there's no way. You will never have a life of victory in this area of your life. You're just going to keep on trying, and you're just going to keep on failing. But you know what? The good news, folks, today is this. Those are all lies. They're not true. No matter how many times you've been defeated in the past, God says forget the past and expect something great and new for the future. We know the verse, Philippians 3.13. Look at it. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. That is, I still get overwhelmed, Paul says, from time to time. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward. See, it's one thing. It's not two separate things, it's one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward. You've got to do both of those, right? Underline that. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. If you're always looking back, you're never going to move forward, folks. And we need to start over, new. Forget the past. Expect something new in the future. Move number two: change your direction. Change your direction. See, chances are your direction is what's caused your most recent failure. Right? It's the thing that's caused the dilemmas going on in your life. But look, like we've studied before in the past, your direction will determine your destination. Right? Whatever direction you're going, whatever decisions you've been making lately about your life, that's the path that you're going down and that's the direction that you've ended up, headed toward. And now you find yourself in that place. So if you've been headed in the direction of chaos, you're probably going to find yourself landing at being overwhelmed. See how that works? And so you've got to change your direction. And before you think I'm fixing to tell you, you've got to change everything about your life. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking so much about changing uh, your direction as much as I am changing the way that you think about your direction. See, being an overcomer has less to do with changing what you're doing and it has a lot more to do with the way that you're thinking about what you are doing. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Our lives will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts, not our many thoughts, not some of our thoughts, but the direction of your strongest thoughts. And if you'll take inventory of your life over these last 12 months, you just think back on it, maybe this afternoon or sometime in the next day or two, you think back on the last 12 months, you will find that your life, if you'll look at it, it has been moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Whatever's preoccupied your mind and your thoughts the most the last 12 months, that's where your life has been going. And if your life has been full of faith, if it's been full of God's truth, then what you're going to find in your life is that you're becoming more and more like Jesus. But if your thoughts have been negative, and they've been toxic, and they've been polluted with all these lies the devil's been telling you, then you're going to find that your life has probably been controlled by chaos, and it's been overwhelmed, and you're not living in the victory that God wants you to live in. Now listen to the way Paul says in Romans chapter 8, Verses 5 and 6. And if you're not familiar with these two verses, if you're not familiar with this passage, if that didn't ring a bell, you might want to write this down in the front flyleaf of your Bible because it is an awesome passage. It's also very complicated and complex, so I want you to listen very closely as we read it together. Very complicated. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Now, that's complicated, isn't it? But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Again, very complicated, right? Verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Again, super complicated. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. It's not complicated at all, is it, folks? That's the secret to a great life. You need to write that down in your Bible somewhere. That last verse, but letting the Spirit control your mind, leads to life, the abundant life we've been talking about. And it said it leads to peace. Not being overwhelmed, not in a life of chaos. It leads to peace. It's just not complicated at all. But say what have you think now that your way, all the things you got going on on fixing all your chaos, that's the better way to do it. It's better than God's way. But again, it's probably your way that got you in the dilemma that you're in now. So you need to change your direction. By changing the way you think, and you change it from your way to thinking God's way, all right? Now, this next one, I don't want you to go to it yet, but this next one uh, is one that is very cliche. It's one we say all the time, but it's simply the truth, and it's from God's Word. And the bottom line is, if you don't do it, you're never going to become the overcomer God wants you to be. It's move number three, and here it is. Memorize God's Word. I told you it was cliche, right? I mean, how many times have you heard that? How often do you do it? Right? Memorize God's Word. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. I want you to underline that. It's not just a good book. It's not just a novel you read and lay to the side. This is God's roadmap to a successful life if we'll just live by it. But you've got to know what it says before you can do it, right? For God's Word is alive and powerful. Why will it change your life? Because it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, when you study God's Word, when you memorize God's Word, it begins to expose all those lies that are running around up in your mind that the devil's putting in there, and your mind begins to change, and you begin to change the way that you think. So just as it is impossible to change your direction Without changing your thinking, it is impossible to change your thinking without changing what you're putting in your brain, right? But this is the step that we so often want to just skip, right? But it may be the missing link in the chain as to why you are not... An overcomer, and you're still being overwhelmed all the time, it might be the missing step that you just haven't put in practice. So if, if, if you don't do this much, you need to start doing this and at least give it a try. I mean, what have you got to lose? But it, like I said, it's the one that we want to skip. Because look, the Word of God is where the power is. And so that's where you're going to find a new power that you've never experienced before when it comes to beating whatever you've been trying to beat and you just keep failing at it. Now, most of you know... I. I grew up around a household of females, okay? I had a grandmother, mother, okay? Had three older sisters. Then I had a wife. Then I was blessed with two great daughters. And then my first grandchild was a granddaughter. And I thought, I'm never going to get rid of female hormones, all right? But then I had three g- grandsons, and they're awesome, all right? I don't know what to do with them. They beat me up all the time. I, I don't understand. I mean, they're just rough, all right? But anyway, I grew up around all these females. And so all these females in my life, they would go around, they put scriptures up everywhere. Put scriptures up in the house. They'd put scriptures on the refrigerator. I mean, they'd even frame them, you know, and put them up in the house. They'd put them on the bedroom mirrors. They'd put them on the bathroom mirrors, you know. And then when my kids got a little older, they'd put them in their notebooks, you know, and have it on the front of their notebooks. Philippians 413, I can do all things through Christ, you know. And then one of them got a tattoo, said that. I said, Whoa, wait a minute. I didn't say you could do that, but it's it's Scripture, Daddy. That's another conversation. But anyway, so they have Scriptures all over the place, right? And it's a great thing. I mean, after all, I'm in the ministry. I can't say it's not great to have Scriptures in the house, but I just thought it was a girl thing. I just thought it was a girl thing, you know. It was great, but that's a girl thing. And so I missed out for a very, very long, long time what Psalm 119 says, and that is to hide the Word of God in your heart. I missed out on that power of... Memorizing scripture and then I begin to realize you know if I would just read those things more often I begin to memorize them. they begin to stick in my head and you know what that's a pretty good stuff my wife I love the fact she still puts them up at our house now and I read those things every single day cuz see to change our thinking you got to reprogram your mind you got to change what you're putting up in there now most all of us are familiar with Romans 12 2 right but I want us to read it in the context of today's message don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world But let God transform you. I want you to underline that sentence. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You see, that new person is the one who used to be overwhelmed all the time to being an overcomer. That's the new person. And if you want to become that, then you have to let God transform you. And the way that happens is by changing the way you think. Instead of listening to all that negative lie stuff from the devil, you're putting in God's word and you're thinking about all that. You see... Folks, we know this first, right? Then you will learn to know God's will for your life, what is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, is that an overwhelmed life? No. No. That's the life that God wants us to live, one that is according to His plan. And we know this first. And we believe this first, right? Can you nod your head? You believe this first? But see, we don't apply it. We don't apply it like we should because. We don't memorize Scripture like we should. We're not reprogramming our minds and our thinking with the Word of God. But we're real quick to sit down for 15 or 20 minutes and try to figure out our best way to handle the chaos, right? You might want to try doing the God thing. So it's not a girl thing to do Scripture, guys. And so for all of us here, guys and gals alike, if you find a verse that speaks to what you're struggling with or some verse that encourages you, Take time and write it down on a three-by-five piece of uh, card or whatever. Write it on a piece of paper. Write it out on a little business card. And then put it up on the refrigerator. Put it up on the bathroom mirror while you're shaving or putting on your makeup or put it in the visor of your car when you're sitting at the bypass waiting on the light to change forever, right? And and just start reading through that the first thing every morning. Then read through it as much as you can every day. And I promise you, it's going to start changing the way that you think about your life and the way things are going. Just read them every day, and after a while you'll you'll go, hey, I don't have to read it anymore. I've got it memorized. I've been reading it so much, it just gets in there. Move number one, start over new. Move number two, change your direction, especially the way you're thinking about things. Move number three, memorize God's word. And then move number four is decide daily. Decide daily. If you'll recall when we first started this series, I said. Becoming overwhelmed by the chaos usually doesn't happen in a moment or overnight. It usually happens through a series of thoughts and processes and decisions that we make. Okay? So it usually is a process. And it doesn't just happen one thing at a time or, uh, you know, just that one little thing. It usually is, has a snowball effect, right? And it just jumps all over us. It's the same with becoming an overcomer. It is that process where you decide every single day that you're going to choose all these things that we've been talking about. You're going to decide daily to do all the right things that you know are right to do. So since it's not such a touchy subject right now in the state of Georgia, and because of that reason, I think I can get by with my next illustration. Now, if I were in Texas, I would probably have to leave it out. So, yes, I'm going to talk about Nick Saban for just a moment, okay? Because he has what he calls the process in coaching football, all right? Now, this process is not about producing a winning team. It's about producing a winning team year after year after year after year after year. After year. Now, that doesn't happen every time because there's, sometimes people don't carry out the process like it is supposed to be carried out, but nonetheless, there is that process there. And as you can imagine, there are several steps to his process of becoming successful and becoming a successful football team. One of those things is the following saying. And he tells it to all of his student athletes every single day. He says it this way: He says, "I don't care what you did yesterday, and if you're happy with that, you've got bigger problems." Let me say it again. These are student-athletes who, I mean, they're, they're good, right? And they're making progress, and they're doing fantastic things out there during practice every day. But Coach Saban turns to me and says, I don't care what you did yesterday, and if you're happy with that, then you've got bigger problems. You see, Coach Saban understands one very, very important biblical principle, and that is you have to keep performing your vows every day every day, not just once a week on Sunday. you got to perform your vows every single day. Now, see, that word vow kind of sounds unfamiliar, right, in our Baptist church, because we don't use that term a lot. But it's really a good one. And, you know, with all the bad theology that's out there with a lot of different religions, one of the things that I think that they have right is some of the repetitive qualities that they practice, all right? We might even call them habits, right? And I think, in my opinion, they're pretty good habits. A lot of things that some of these religions do. I don't agree with their theology, but some of their practices are really good. A matter of fact, we teach that you need to perform habits every single day in your life here at our church in what we call the D.A.R.E. process. We have a process for being a successful church, too. It's called the D.A.R.E. process. The A, the second class in that, stands for applying. It's talking about applying four biblical habits. All right, The first one is spending time in God's Word. The second one is spending time in prayer. The third one is uh, spending time connecting on a regular basis with like believers, whether it's in a small group or in the church service or whatever, but doing it on a regular basis. And then the fourth one is giving your time, your talent, and your treasures in order for you to make a difference in somebody else's life. Right? Those are the four habits. You're supposed to perform those habits or those vows that you took on as a Christian every single day Of your life but what happens is when you don't practice those daily you you end up running on fumes right and after a while if you miss very many days at all those fumes actually run out and you try to run on empty but you know that's that's impossible I don't care what the song says or how good the singer is right it's impossible to run on empty you can't do it if you're empty you're you're out all right But that's that's what we try to do as as Christians every day. We get up and we we try to deal with the chaos on our own, and and so we end up running on fumes, and then we miss time with God. We're not practicing those habits, and so those fumes eventually run out, and we're on empty, and that's when we say hello to being overwhelmed. That's how the process works, in reverse. So now that you know what's going on, making the move to being an overcomer understands that it goes way beyond just a one-time decision where you get up Tomorrow, and you go, okay, God, I'm going to spend some time with you. I'm going to read your word. And I'm going to, you know, I've been to church yesterday. And, you know, I gave my tithe and everything. And so, man, I'm good to go. And then you don't talk to God or think about God until next Sunday. Or maybe two or three Sundays, depending on your schedule. You know, especially with summer coming up. So what happens is you're you're out there trying to live life on fumes. And then those fumes just run out after a while. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want you to underline that phrase. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now those of us who have been around a while, we've heard this verse before, right? Easier said than done, though, right? See, don't worry about the past, and don't be thinking about what you need to do tomorrow. Just give God the credit he deserves by saying, you know what, God, all I need is what you can provide me today and, and what you will provide me today. Doesn't he teach us that in the Lord's Prayer? In that habit of praying, he says, you need to pray like this habitually. Right? He said, give us this day our daily bread. Just today. Give me what I need. You know, my mom's favorite song was One Day at a Time. Some of you that ought know that song, one day at a time. The chorus goes like this, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. That's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow may never be mine. Lord, help me today. Show me the way, one day at a time. That's a pretty good truth in an old song, isn't it? You know, that wasn't in the hymn book in the beginning. It wasn't there for a very, very long time, but eventually it got so good it made the cut. I'm glad it did. It's so true, one day at a time. Becoming an overcomer is more of a process than it is a product folks. and it's in that process that you get a daily victory, and then you get two victories, and then those two victories become three victories, and three victories become four victories, and before you know it, you've got these string of victories where one day you wake up and you go, You know what? I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm not overwhelmed anymore. Now, if you're just getting in on this series, I want to make sure you understand one thing we've made clear the whole time. Overcomers are still going to have chaos. All right? Everyone here still got to deal with chaos in their life, but what determines whether you're going to be overwhelmed or an overcomer is how you handle that chaos. One day at a time. Billy Graham said it this way. Comfort and prosperity have never enriched the world as much as adversity has. You know the way I've always said it? When things are going pretty good, I really don't need God. I'm not as smart as Billy Graham. When things are going pretty good, I just don't need God that much. Got it made, everything good. Right? So overcomers are still going to have failures and fears and anxieties and stress and adversity and all those kind of things. But if you live in God's process of overcoming them, then you're going to find that you're less and less overwhelmed by all of it. And that's God's vision for his people. That's God's vision for his church is to live differently than all those people out there that don't know God. We're supposed to live there. We're supposed to handle the chaos differently. Because when we do, it draws attention to God's life-changing work in us and in the church. Right? But you know what? It's really hard to help somebody if you're in a state of being overwhelmed. And so that's why you've got to get a grip on this and begin to live differently so that you can make a difference in someone's life. Just imagine if you were living out these processes we've been talking about and these changes are going on in your life, what a difference it would make is you help walk somebody else through these same things that they're going through in their life. And I know some of you sitting here right now saying, there's no way. My daughter Amber would have said that a few years ago. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to help anybody with this because I can't even help myself. But one day, you will move. You'll move from being overwhelmed to being an overcomer. You will. If you will do it God's way. That's why his plan is for you to be an overcomer. It's so you can make a difference in somebody's life. Changing your life, and then you changing somebody else's. So our series comes to a close, but not an end, because we understand the importance of this being a daily discipline. So part of that discipline is move number five, and that's celebrating the victory. Just like that leper that came last week to thank Jesus, we celebrate the victory every single day, Realizing, as Paul said in First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The answer is in Jesus. The answer is in all these things that we've talked about. I hope you've taken notes. Of course, a short pencil is better than a long memory, right? It's been five weeks. Hopefully you go back, review these, review, review, review. That's the secret to success, folks. Do it God's way. I pray that God will give you an overcomer's life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that we do not have to live in chaos that controls us. Lord, there is chaos all around us, but it does not have to control us. We can live a life that is not overwhelmed. So help us to be that overcomer, Father, that you have called us to be. And may we live it so that others can see it. And may, because of what they see... May it bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray for that person who might be here today or watching by television or listening to this on podcast. I pray today for you guys. I pray that today would be the day that you would move and you would shift from being overwhelmed to being an overcomer. And it would be by these things that we've talked about today. But Father, that's our prayer today, is that we would apply all of this to our lives. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. And all God's people together said, amen, amen. amen. I know it's been raining and it might be sprinkling a little bit, but we do have uh, our uh, quarterly business meeting takes place in the sanctuary immediately. So if you want to be there, make your way over there and have a safe trip home, be careful in the weather, go be the life-changing church God's called us to be. Let's all stand together as we sing hope you were encouraged by this message today. If you would like more details on our church, please visit us at ehpcstatesboro.org.